Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome in. Stoppage time live on a Wednesday as we look back to a wild win over the Seattle Sounders at home on the weekend. And we look ahead to a trip to Cincinnati, who is all over the place this season, uh, scoring a lot of goals, conceding a lot of goals. Two players who are a big part of the scoring side will be involved in the MLS All-Star game tonight against the Liga MX side. Brandon Vasquez, our old friend, the U.S. Open Cup hero. And Luciano Acosta, who's been one of the best playmakers in the league this season. But, Mike, you, you look ahead to Cincinnati, and it's a team that has also conceded a lot. And Atlanta United against Seattle really wasn't able to get as many chances as we're accustomed to, but they got the ones they needed to get the win. Yeah, and they made the most of their chances. It's Cincinnati's a very, you know, you, you mentioned kind of erratic team, but yet they're somewhat consistent in the same way that they're four, four and four at home. They're four, four and four on the road to be eight, eight and eight. Their goal difference is just about the same uh, as in fact, I think it is the same as Atlanta United. I think both are, are minus three on goal difference. So very, very, very um, odd season for Cincinnati uh, really kind of peaked, honestly, not long after their scoreless draw here in Atlanta back in April. Uh, and then they started to deal with some injuries. Vasquez was very, very hot going into that match, cooled off a little bit, got hot again. Acosta, as you mentioned, has been really, really good for them. Uh, they are trying to shore up their defending, and I think Matt Miazga has a really good chance of playing on Saturday. I would expect uh, that he would. He, he trained for the first time yesterday with the team and the expectation from folks in the know in Cincinnati is that he will be in the lineup. I think Ian Murphy has a, a ding as well. So it makes it even easier to get Miazga in there straight away. Yeah. So it's going to be a difficult match and it's going to be the start of a three match and eight day swing that will include two road trips. And in those three matches, Atlanta United has to find a way to earn at least five points, I think, to to kind of stay on pace for where they need to be if they want to make the playoffs. Getting three against Seattle, especially when it looked like they were only going to get one, that's huge. That's really, really big. But 
Um, if Atlanta United is going to get to 48 points, like we've talked about, if 48 is the target, they're going to have to win the remaining five home matches and get results on the road. And I think this is a match coming up. In fact, I think the next two road matches, quite frankly, are matches in which Atlanta United can get a result. Uh, maybe a win would be difficult, but I think they can get a result. Uh, they've never lost in Cincinnati. Uh, their historical record in Columbus when it's not monsooning is also really, really good. So there are some chances coming yeah, up. Yeah, they can win both games. I, I think that's the thing that's so hard about Atlanta United this season is you look at this team and you look at how they have played in a great majority of their games. They can beat anybody in the league. They're just also it's possible to lose to anybody in the league. And that's the hardest thing with all of the inconsistency and trying to get things going in the direction that Gonzalo Pineda wants. And, and look, Pat Noonan is dealing with this in a different perspective in Cincinnati in that he's implementing a style of play and that takes time. You know, he comes from the, the Jim Curtin school um, as a coach, as a player, very different kind of player. And I think Pat Noonan is probably trying to find a modified version of what we see from Philadelphia, what we see from the Red Bulls. But you look at their team numbers and you can definitely see them going down that road in terms of the way they play. They're right with the Red Bulls and right with Philly in terms of not completing many passes because they don't really care about the, having possession. They don't have much possession. They press. Now, the difference is from a defensive perspective, Cincinnati is nowhere near as good in terms of doing that side of the game as the Red Bulls and as Philadelphia are. But when you look at the other side and you look at what just the chaos that that brings to games, you get four four games like they had against Miami because they have a player in Brandon Vasquez who's in a great run of form right now. And they have a player like Luciano Acosta who thrives in open space. And this style of play, they're not able to suffocate teams in the same way that the Red Bulls and Philly do. They're not as effective defensively, but the style allows their attack to do what it does. So it's a really interesting study of what Pat Noonan's trying to implement in Cincinnati. And it's, it's not fully there yet. It's going to take time. When you go from really not having much of an identity on the playing side to going to a, a very strong identity and a very, in some ways, uh, you know, constrained identity, because to play in that Philly Red Bull style, and they do things differently too, but I'm, I'm lumping them together in terms of teams that don't want the ball, that everything's based on what they do without the ball. Everything's based on their, their ability to press. They don't want the ball so they can press. Cincinnati's definitely heading down that pathway. But that doesn't happen overnight. And, and you look at how Philly has evolved under Jim Curtin. They were a team that kind of wanted the ball there for a while under Jim Curtin, and they've went away from that. Gerhard Struber, and I think his time with Red Bulls, he brings a little bit different personality to it than Jesse Marsh did, than Chris Armas did. Struber's Red Bulls have gotten better over time. Noonan Cincinnati will too. They're still early on in that process. So it's going to be chaotic at times in this game. And Atlanta has to be ready for that. But there will be opportunities in that chaos for talented guys on the ball 
to make things happen on the ball. And Miazga stepping in, look, it, he's a great player, but he's never played in this kind of a system either. So he's got to get used to playing that high up the field, that isolated at times. It, it's going to be fascinating to to watch this one, and, and, and we'll get into it a little bit more towards the end of the show. But let's go back to Seattle a little bit in a game that, in a win that, was a different kind of win for Atlanta United. They didn't dominate possession. They didn't dominate chance creation. They didn't dominate the the shot side of things. But the most unlikely guy, Andrew Gutman, comes in and, and hits a, a world-class goal late to win it. And I think the reaction, if there's anything I'm taking away from the Seattle game that I can follow through the rest of the year, and I hope that we see it, is that reaction to the winner. Because I, I think if you looked in the eyes of Gonzalo Pineda, you looked in the eyes of some of these players who have fought all year and had good performances and not gotten things out of them to finally get that on a day when they weren't at their overall best because Seattle was good. To get that, it feels like it can be that trampoline bounce going forward. And maybe we'll get a glimpse of it on Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, that's probably about as emotional as I think I've seen Pineda. Um, By far the most. Outside you know, of maybe yelling at a few referees about a few things. Yeah, yeah, but but <laughs> emotional, I guess, in a, a positive way. Um, yeah. I, honestly, I think probably the most emotional we've seen the team this year. I mean, I don't remember the team really celebrating a goal like that, even in 2018. Um, you, you know, I think it was a big exhale. Yeah. Because there was a lot of, pre- I know it seems weird for a match that was played on August the 6th, but I think there was a lot of pressure on Atlanta United to get a win in that match. Um, and I think they felt that pressure. Again, when you go through what Atlanta United is probably going to have to do to make the playoffs, which, I mean, that's the only goal right now is to make the playoffs. No margin for error in your home games. Cannot drop points at home especially cannot drop points at home, considering that you're still going to have to play Philadelphia, the Red Bulls, and New York City at home. So it wasn't a win-and-you're-out situation, but if Atlanta United had not earned three points against Seattle, we would be having some pretty grim discussions today about... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The likelihood or unlikelihood of Atlanta United playing at above a two-point-per-match clip the rest of the way. You get three. Now you don't have to necessarily play at a two-point-per-match clip right now. Uh, It sets you up where if you can get a draw or two on the road over the next week, now you're in really good shape. But I think it was a big exhale. I think there was a, a lot of relief, and you saw it in that celebration. I think what it comes back to, Jason, is there has been self-confidence all along in this group. I think there has been satisfaction in this group and and certainly in the, in the technical staff and the coaching staff, this self-belief that the performances mostly have been good enough this year, um, especially so at the beginning of the year when when you outplayed Charlotte on the road and lost and outplayed Miami on the road and lost and outplayed Cincinnati at home and got a scoreless draw. A lot of frustrating results and points left on the table early. Uh, and even more recently, you played well enough in Chicago to, to maybe earn a road win, and you, you had to settle for a draw. Uh, you certainly played well enough against Orlando a couple weeks ago to deserve a win, and you got a draw. Um, I think Galaxy and Austin are the two recent performances where they just got flat-out beat, but you're going to have that. Um so I think there was this self-belief that it's there. They just needed a break. The, 2022 has been the season of no breaks except to muscle fibers for this team. And um, they got a break. They, they got a little bit of a break on Saturday. It was a beautiful, beautiful goal by Andrew Gutman. It was not a lucky goal by any stretch. No. But they, they got a break in that Seattle I think pressed for the second goal and then maybe pulled the, the 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 leash a little bit on itself, and that created an opportunity for Atlanta to go out and get the game winner. It's a break, and they were able to convert. Yeah, I, I'm honestly in a little bit different place with it than than a couple of those. Like I I, I don't look at it as an exhale as. Whew. You know, we, we, we barely got out of that one. I, I looked at, I don't know, I got a different sense of it. I, I got a sense of, you know, finally we're, we're getting something we deserve out of this. And in, in terms of uh, of getting the a break there, I don't know, they made it. They made their break. And, you know, maybe the break you get is that Seattle had to play on Tuesday night and they probably were hitting the wall in terms mm-hmm. of what they had left in the tank as, as that game went on, and you're able to take advantage of that. That might be a scheduling break that they got, but I, I feel like this team is just, it's the weirdest season because of all of the injuries. And, and look, I know people hate to hear us talk about injuries, but you can't tell the story of 2022 Atlanta United without talking about it. And you had another one that luckily isn't going to be a long-term thing with Mateus Sosetsu. But it did have an effect 
on this match against Seattle in that he had a decision to make. And all three central midfielders went to warm up uh, Amar Sadich, Franco Ibarra, and Marcelino Moreno. And Gonzalo Pineda went for the most aggressive one in Marcelino Moreno. And I think, one, I like that he felt like that as opposed to, okay, I, I got to worry about defense here and I got I to gotta worry about that. No, he went to the most talented of the trio that, yes, is the most attack-minded, which, yes, is the most aggressive and risky in that moment. But he knew he could count on Tiago Almada to play in a deeper role. And I think what Almada gave you on Saturday was a masterclass in playing central midfield because he gave you every element of being in that midfield. And this is something that's come up over the years when we talk about central midfielders and we get deeper into the the sixes and eights and tens and, and what that means. I think more and more you're starting to see something that really Marcelo Bielsa I think brought to the fore, at least in this hemisphere with what he did with Chile and their development. And Carlos Carmona was an example of that when he was here, Carmona came up through that school of central midfield development in Chile. And all those players are taught to play all of those roles. You know, back in the day, it was very specialized. You were a defensive midfielder. You would never see Roy Keane, you know, later in his career playing as a 10, you, you didn't really expect to see that very much. Gennaro Gattuso, you didn't really expect to see that very much. Michael Bradley as a holding midfielder for the U.S. when he became that. It's kind of, he sits, that's it. Okay, that's changed now. And I think Almada showed you a lot of what he can bring to the table and gives Gonzalo Pineda to work with. You have different characteristics of your central midfielders. They, they, they bring you different things. It's like when you're, you know, you're making a recipe from scratch and you try a different ingredient. It's going to affect the way the overall recipe comes out, but it can still be where you were going at the end. Might have a different taste to it. Almada is an eight playing in place of where Hosechu was. Is He's a different player than Hosechu, but he gives you something different that I thought, one, his ability to just, change mentality, change that role is really impressive. But two, now with Hosechu week to week, it gives Pineda a different kind of choice here going to Cincinnati as to the fact that you can play Almada and Moreno and Sosa in a midfield and not be worried about it too much defensively in a game like this one against Cincinnati where it's going to be chaos and they're going to press and they're going to run around. Almada on the ball in a deeper position might be a really good way to break that press at times. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see it just impressive to be able to do that. And you get that early injury and it's kind of like, Oh boy, here we go again. Right. And they found a way and, well, and they we, had to get creative with it, but they found a way. Let's go to the Twitch pitch on that for a moment, yeah. because Robert Farnsworth says he wishes the best to Hosatu, but is it maybe a blessing in disguise to now have to force Moreno and Almada on the field together? He says, it seems like, Maybe our only hope is unconventional, out-of-the-box, all-out attack, like the phrase dual 18s, which he says is a combo of a 10 and an 8. Um, yeah, the, the 10, I'll, I'll leave that part, that last part to the side for a second because that, that gets, we can all look at it a little bit differently. Um, I think Mateus Hosechu is one of the more underrated players that Atlanta United's ever had. Um, 
I'll give you guys a, a bit of homework to do and to, to go and take a look at. Go and compare, and you can go to, to football reference and do this, FB ref. Um, you can compare players. You can compare seasons. Go and compare Darlington Nagby's 2019 season to Mateus Hosetsu's 2022 season. Go and compare it. Go and look at the passing percentages, but go far, further than that. Look at the shot-creating actions. Look at the defensive side of things. You're going to see two players who have done very, very similar things. Very, very similar things. The biggest difference is Nagby in the final third, a little more effective. Hosechi defensively, a little more effective. But very, very similar. I think Mateus Hosechi gets an incredibly bad rap at times because he does a lot of the same things that were celebrated by previous players. But this does, it's not a, a blessing in disguise. I would never say that because I think Hosechi has been a very effective part of this group. But again, it changes the makeup. And to get another attacking player, why has Marcelino Moreno been sacrificed lately? Because you have to get Ronaldo Cisneros on the field. And with Joseph Martinez starting up top, you need Cisneros to open the field up because Joseph isn't doing that at this stage. So you need Cisneros to be able to do that. That's where Moreno's been sacrificed. So what it does is it goes a step further than that decision, which I think has been the right one, unfortunately, for Moreno, because you have to open the game up with the speed of Cisneros. Okay, now it changes it to where Moreno has the ability to come on. Almada's got to give you strong performances as an eight and give you some of that defense. And, and that's not his game. That's not his strong suit. One, three tackles on the weekend. He's a player who can thrive in some of those moments, and he's going to have to give you that if that's the decision from Gonzalo Pineda to go with him as an eight rather than a Franco Ibarra, who I think we'll see over the next week because it's three games in a week, and two of them are pressing teams. So you're going to see a lot of guys. But Almada gives you more going forward than Ibarra or Sadich, and if he can give you enough defensively, then, yeah, it opens up the attack to an even different dimension. Now, Christopher Abel suggests that maybe you take Joseph off to put Moreno on because Joseph is really struggling right now. Well, that's the other decision, and, and that's not an easy decision to make because if you do that, then you're playing Cisneros up top or you're, you're keeping what's been going on, but you're playing Dwyer up top as opposed to Joseph with Cisneros from a wide position. I think Dwyer gives you some of that running in behind, but he's nowhere near as fast and, and dangerous in that as Ronaldo Cisneros. So that's a tough decision to make. Um, but I didn't think Joseph had a strong match on the weekend. Um, he had a better match the game before where he was creating chances. And that's, that's what's hard when you start to move the pieces around. Cisneros is vital to me because you have to have somebody who's a threat to get in behind. You have to keep a defense on their toes. So you got to have him. If he's from a wide position, which he can play, and he can be effective in that, and Joseph is your number nine, we know that Joseph Martinez is going to look to drop and combine. But if he drops and combines, then that means whoever is the attacking central midfielder of the trio, whether it's Almada, whether it's Moreno, has to move somewhere else to create space. Because if they're there and Joseph drops, then you're just making it easier to defend because you're putting attackers on top of one another. Positional play, and Gonzalo Pineda is an advocate of positional play, just like Pep Guardiola is an advocate of it, just like 
Gabriel Heinze was an advocate of it, but they all have their different ways of implementing it. Positional play means you don't want guys standing in the same space all the time. You don't want players in the same space all the time. You want to exploit all of the space on the field. If Joseph is dropping into a space where others are occupying it, that's not going to work. You have to have movement. And that means other guys have to adjust. Can it work? Yeah, it absolutely can. I mean, look at Manchester City, you know, last year where they didn't really play a traditional number nine. And, and right now, Joseph Martinez isn't playing as a traditional number nine. So they were very successful and scored a lot of goals with that, with a player in the nine position dropping deeper and other guys moving to exploit it. But you have to all be on the same page there and make it work. And at, you know, Gonzalo Pineda, as this year has gone on, he hasn't really had the luxury of trying things to find that. He's had to really make lineups by default with all of the injuries. You're at that point now that you, you've got to have some some continuity game to game so you can create that. And if Joseph is the nine, then whoever is the 10 playing behind him, if you know he's going to drop into your space, you've got to move to other space, whether it's overlapping Joseph and you basically switch, you basically switch spots or going wide. And if he goes wide, then somebody else has to go somewhere else because you might be in somebody else's space. That's the, the tricky element with it. Uh, just looking ahead to the midfield on Saturday, look, Nah says he wants a bar starting and sticking to Acosta all game long to make his life hell. That's not really Ibarra's game, I don't think. Um, he's more of a ball winner to me than a, a, a shutdown defender. And I want him free to, if he's in the game, if he's in the team, I want him free to go win the ball and move it forward, either through him or through somebody else moving it forward after he wins it. I, I think what you have to do with, with Luciano Acosta in, in terms of, of dealing with him, and, and this is where that midfield lineup question comes into play you have to account for him at all times he's really good at drifting off to the opposite side of the play balls on the right he'll drift over to the left and wait for the big switch wait for the game to come to him he's really grown in terms of his patience in affecting a game he doesn't need a hundred touches a game like maybe he did before or he wanted to dribble at everybody he'll take 50 but he'll take 50 in, in dangerous spots he'll wait for the game to find him at times so you gotta have interplay with that i think the days of man marking somebody all over the field in that way it just doesn't work because let's let's play that out for a second if acosta is their 10 but he drifts balls on the right side they're trying to bring it up the right he drifts all the way over to the left he's, he's standing on the left touch line which is something he does very well if you drag ibarra over there too then you have a gap in the middle and somebody else can come through, whether it's, uh, you know, Wobido or, or somebody else stepping forward into that junior Moreno. And that's something Cincinnati will do. That means somebody's got to be with him. I think you've got to deny him the ball more than man mark him. You've got to, when the ball is in other places, know that they're going to try to find Acosta and not let it go there. So, again, to play out what, what the scenario I just created. If the ball's on the right side and Acosta drifts over to the left, you've got to defend inside out 
to not allow that switch. That's more effective than the man mark of Acosta because of the space that can create for others. Just don't let them switch. Make sure you know if Acosta's on the opposite side, don't let them switch. Those kinds of things, I, I think, are the more effective way to play it. And Ibotter can be the answer. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's in a man-marking way. I think where he's the answer is in a ball-winning way in that midfield. Uh, just a couple others. Pilgrim uh, is curious to see a Dwyer-Joseph pairing for any significant time because of the amount of experience that they would have. Yeah, but the times we've seen them, I feel like they're a little similar in, in where they want to be. And it hasn't worked as well as, as maybe it could. Now, with time, maybe that could change. But if you pair them, then you lose the speed and opening the game up of Cisneros. And that gets you back to kind of where you were against Austin, where teams can play a very high line knowing that you're not going to get in behind. You'd have to then kind of rewire Luis Araujo a little bit to be what Cisneros has been in terms of running off the ball rather than wanting the ball to then run 1v1 at somebody. Can he do it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Araujo can do that. He can give you that. But is it the best part of his game? Maybe not. So I I, I don't know if that's really the, the, the way to go outside of late in a game where you want a couple different guys who are going to be in the 18 and might be options. I just don't know if you can start that way and be as effective. Uh, before we wrap up, any thoughts on tonight? Uh, I saw a couple comments that Noah Cobb and Malachi Grant did pretty well today in the uh, the next pro All-Star game. No Atlanta United players tonight, but uh, MLS against Liga MX. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a this whole thing is fun, and I want to see the the league, both leagues, take it as seriously as you can because it is a celebration of the game. It's not going to create any referendums on which league is better. Um, it, it's not going to do that because it's an all star game. But it is a fun opportunity for the leagues to interact. It's a celebration uh, of where both leagues are and the partnership that they have, and I think that partnership is is vital for both leagues. I think for MLS, it gives you a, a test every time you're facing Liga MX competition. For Liga MX, they, they improve the bottom line, which is an area where MLS, I think, has passed them on the business side over the years. So it's fun. It's something that, you know, maybe down the line, you try to create a, a weekend window to make it even bigger. Um but it's something that I think you need to pay attention to. And look, you're not going to see great defending in this. You're not going to see two teams that look like they've played together very much because they haven't, because that's that's what this is. But you are going to see something a little different than, I think, some all-star games in that the outcome doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. It matters a little bit. If it's tight in the last 15 minutes... Yeah, that intensity is going to ratchet up a bit. If it goes to penalties, yeah, it's going to mean a little bit in those penalties. I mean, you even saw that in the skills competition last night. You, you felt it a little bit at the end when they're both going for the, the long crossbar challenge and both are coming really close. And and maybe, maybe Dane St. Clair hit the crossbar and it didn't get called. Maybe. But you're getting some of that competition. And that's a good thing. So... It'll be fun tonight. Um, I hope 
Brandon Vasquez and Luciano Acosta play 90 minutes uh, and go a long way and are very tired when they arrive back in Cincinnati and maybe can't go 90 on the weekend. I'll, I hope for that. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get your wish there. No, but you know, no. It's always good to hope. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I, I love the skills competition last night. I, yeah. I know it's not like the most authentic, pure, traditional thing, but I, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought goalie wars, that was great. The crossbar challenge had a little bit of drama there at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, crowd seemed to be really into it. Players seemed to be really into it. Yeah. So, um, look, I mean, no one bats an eye at the slam dunk contest. No one bats an eye at the home run derby. Let's embrace the, the skills competition. I thought that was a lot of fun. And to Christopher's point, maybe one year you do get to uh, an all-star game over legs where you play a, a leg in Mexico and a leg in at MLS Stadium. I think you're a long way off from that, but... Um, you know, the more the partnership grows, the more that becomes a possibility. I'd just trade it back and forth. I don't know if you can do two games, but I'd trade it back and forth between being in Mexico and being in the U.S. But you got to remember, and it's something that, you know, gets gets lost in the shuffle a little bit when we talk about the business side of it. Liga MX wants to do business in the United States. Uh, the Mexican Federation, you're talking about Mexico uh, friendlies. They want to do business in the United States because it's it's a worthwhile business to be in. So as much as I'd kind of love to see uh, uh, an, all, an MLS Liga MX All-Star game in Monterrey, for example, I think Liga MX wants it to be in, in the U.S. So I hope it comes back here soon. I, I want to see it back in Atlanta. I want to see the celebration back here in this kind of environment because this is the way to do an all-star game for MLS right yeah. now involved in League MX. There's a reason why Mexico plays the Campeón de Campeones in the United yeah. States. I mean, it's this is where the money is for them, and this is where they're trying to expand. Okay, yeah. uh, Saturday, uh, Jason and I will be in Cincinnati, my favorite stadium in the league, TQL <laughs> Stadium. I love it. One uh, of my favorites. Yeah, I, I love it up there. 7 p.m., uh, for, by the way, if you're going, if you're going to the match, um, let us know a and B, the weather is going to be phenomenal up there this weekend. I'm not sure if you've seen that, like really, really nice, low eighties, sunny, not humid, no chance of rain as of right now. So the weather is going to be just awesome. Uh, this weekend, if you're going up to Cincinnati, it is a really great road trip if you haven't made it before, but Jason and I will be on the air. 7 o'clock Saturday night for the Five Stripes Countdown. 7.30 will be the kickoff. We'll do a brief full-time report afterwards. And uh, next week, I'm not sure if we'll do a stoppage time because there is a match next Wednesday between Atlanta United and New York Red Bulls. Uh, so uh, we'll kind of let you know on that. Just uh, keep an eye on our, our social media uh, feeds, and, and we'll let you know what we end up doing. But we can tell you for sure we will talk to you Saturday from Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.